Hey all, thank you for joining me today here on It's a PR Thing. You know I love talking to you about PR things. And today we're gonna cover the topic of inclusion, but specific to how you communicate. Now, I know we have our DEI policies out on the website and the brand imagery shows everyone representing the various demographics and ethnicities that you're looking to serve. But are you speaking in a way that is truly inclusive to all who wish to do business with you or is your organization actually fostering an atmosphere of exclusion? Have it piqued your interest? Come on, grab a pen and some paper. Let's all dive in for some more PR learning love. Welcome everyone to It's a PR Thing. This is the show where we help you build relationships that build business. We'll give you a better understanding of what PR is today and how you can use it to drive your business in ways you never knew you could. If you're ready to build bigger and better relationship capital, then this is the show for you. Thank you again for joining me here today on It's a PR Thing. I'm your host, Stephanie McFarland, and today we're digging into an aspect of inclusion. Are you operating inclusively in how you communicate, or is your organization actually fostering an atmosphere of exclusion? Now, I'm not going to get into HR policy uh, in this episode. That's a podcast for another day. But I am going to talk about how you converse. And I want to start with mindset and content. When I think of mindset, I cannot help but think immediately of Sylvie on the Netflix show, Emily in Paris. You kind of have to love Sylvie. She just is who she is, right? And who she is, is someone who basks in exclusivity. She loves the fact that she promotes French luxury products, the fact that they're geared toward an exclusive group, And only those with a luxury budget can afford to be in that inner circle. Sylvie, though, is purposely selling exclusivity. But is that what your organization is selling? Or instead, are you spouting words like inclusion, but you're actually fostering exclusivity? Or does your organization unintentionally set up barriers so only a select or limited segment can truly connect and interact with you? Now, I want you to take that same thought process and apply how we communicate. So think conversation and content from how we talk on our website copy to our social media posts including product packaging information guys also product instructions how our customer service representatives talk to customers and even our customer correspondence this week i want to strongly encourage you take a look through your organization and do your own informal inclusion audit so you start with asking yourself What lexicon does your frontline customer service folks use when they're talking to customers? Are they using company or industry jargon? What words and terms are you using in your correspondence or any other of your customer-facing content, marketing, etc.? Are the words you use largely common language or are they exclusive to your industry or professional field? Is the language high context, which means you have to come to it with some background and some prior knowledge? Or is it low context, which means anyone can come into the conversation cold and understand it? Is it written at an intellectual highbrow level, or is it simple enough a sixth grader can understand it? We had a brief team conversation about this on Friday, and we had we had some good laughs. We, we were able to share kind of some of our own testimonial gripes, if you will. And healthcare, insurance, legal, accounting, and technology industries immediately came to mind as needing this kind of inclusion check. So if you work in those industries, just think about that. Now, I also want you to think back 
uh, in your own memory banks about a time, and we've all had at least one, where you called into a company's customer service line and the rep on the phone peppered the conversation with industry or their own company's internal jargon. And you know the situation where you have to ask for terms, concepts, you know, I call industry insider processes, uh, you have to ask for those to be explained. And for most people, that experience makes them feel inferior or an outsider to your organization. And that's fostering a form of exclusion. Now, depending on the context, you could also come off as double speak to some folks. And that could land you in an uncomfortable position, especially if you're trying to pull that with a reporter or an angry customer. I'm going to give you a very simplified example of the larger point I'm striving to make here. One time I was going through a drive-thru at Starbucks and I ordered my usual drink, placed my order. The Starbucks employee said, well, we're out of the inclusions today. And I don't think he was talking about the same kind of inclusion we're talking about, but I didn't know what he meant. And after a little bit of back and forth to get clarity, he finally said inclusions mean the dried fruit pieces that go in your drink. Now, dropping the word inclusions landed as purposely using some Starbucks mystique language that only those on the inner sanctum of Starbucks understands. You know, even if it's unintentional, in that case it was, it did immediately project a sense of exclusion. So I'll leave it there. You get the point. Moving on. Next, I want you to ask yourself, what grade level is your content written in? Did you know? And a lot of people don't know this. I do know this because I worked in adult literacy for a year on a federal grant many years ago. But it's an estimated 54% of the U.S. population reads at or below, and I said, let me say that again here, below a sixth grade level. So in the recent words of Elon Musk, let that sink in. Ask yourself, have you done a flash Kincaid test to determine what grade level you're conversing in with your customer-facing part of the business? Are you communicating at a common reading level, or are you writing at your own reading level, or the reading level of your internal experts. Now I want you to ask yourself, is your content and conversation written or spoken in plain English? Remember, many of our citizens in the U.S. today, English is a second language for them. But aside from that, plain English helps you communicate simply and clearly and to connect across a broader spectrum of stakeholders. Now, this is a bit different than the lexicon question we started with. This is specifically using be verbs, smaller syllable words, using simpler sentence structure. All of that contributes to what is formally called plain English. And by the way, you can determine your plain English rating with a Fleischklincade analysis as well. Now I want you to ask yourself, are your instructions and processes set up to be inclusive? You know, this comes back to the high context, low context question. Do your stakeholders need prior information, education, understanding to use your online tools or work their way through your organization to buy, sign up, register, just do business with you in some capacity? And did you user test? With real users, <laughs> did you test your process flow and platform navigation? Now, finally, I want you to ask yourself, am I meeting my stakeholders where they are? So for this point, I want you to think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The base of that pyramid in which the hierarchy of needs is illustrated is all basic needs, all the things you need for survival and basic stability. The very top of the pyramid is self-actualization. That's more aspirational, more idealistic evolution. If your stakeholders, for the most part, are struggling with basic needs, speaking to them about idealistic, more utopian type ideas is likely going to create a disconnect. This would be like Sylvie trying to sell diamonds 
to the single mom who's figuring out how to make ends meet and put food on the table. Guys, these are all crucial questions to assess how inclusive your communication really is. Most people I have this inclusion conversation with immediately start to think of ways their organization is falling short in creating an inclusive stakeholder experience. I hope this episode is sparking a light bulb moment for you as well. And if it did, and you want to learn more about contributing to a formal inclusion audit or how to apply Flash Kincaid measures to your content or conduct user testing or technology post-testing or post-launch surveys, just visit us at mcfarlandpr.com and use the email feature at the bottom of our homepage to send us a message. We'd love to help you sort that out. That's our show for today, folks. Thank you again for joining me on It's a PR Thing. You know I love talking to you about PR things. Please go out and make it a great day 